It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuck. We're here in Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, what to do with Ian Anderson. Have the Braves trade deadline plans changed? And something I never thought I would see in my lifetime. All next, Monday morning, Hitting Hard with John Chuck. Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome in on this Monday morning edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We ask you to head to youtube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta in the search browser, find our page, hit the subscribe button, leave us a comment. Free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Download us for free there, leave us a five star review. And of course, give me a follow on my personal Twitter page. That would be at JMCH316. Well, Braves went into yesterday after having beat the California Angels the first two games with a chance to sweep, and who knows, potentially could have even taken over first place as they were only half a game out. And then Ian Anderson got on the mound, and that seemed to be kind of all she wrote. Three innings, eight hits, seven earned runs. So Anderson now falls to eight and six on the year, but more importantly is the fact that he's now sitting with a 531 ERA. It has not been a good run for Ian Anderson by any stretch. And, you know, the crazy thing was he came off of maybe being the best postseason pitcher the Braves had last year. And obviously he's been pretty good his first couple of years. Kind of think, okay, year three, great postseason. Things are going to come around. And we know we can count on Ian Anderson. And here we come in the year, and it's been nothing but a struggle. And if you look this year, he's made 19 starts on the season. Now, the Braves are 12 and 7 when he starts. He's got an 8 and 6 record himself, but the Braves are 12 and 7 when he starts. So the Braves are finding ways to win when he's out there. But nine of his 19 starts this year, he's given up at least four or more runs. And he's had seven runs given up in multiples of starts. He also, in only 95 innings pitched, and you think about 19 starts, only 95 innings pitched. He's also given up 48 walks on the season, which if you want to extrapolate, you're talking about in a 200-inning season, that's 100 walks. That's a high number. He also is sitting with his lowest of his first three years in the league, his lowest strikeouts per nine inning number. And that number, by the way, has gone down each of the three years that he's been in the major leagues, and this being his worst. And a less than two-to-one strikeout to walk ratio nothing and again i don't need to look at analytics sabermetrics metrosexual stats whatever you're you know into whatever like that i don't have to look at bips and bops and baffs and bips and boops and all this kind of stuff to know you tell me a guy's got a 531 era he's given up four or more runs in nine of his 19 starts less than two to one strikeout to walk ratio almost 100 walks that he'll have or would would pro- project out to 100 walks in a 200 inning season. None of that's good. I'm I'm old. I'm old school enough baseball to tell you I don't need to see bips, bops, boops, baps, and biffs and all this kind of stuff to know that ain't a very good season out there. So what do you do with Ian Anderson? Do you send him down? He does have. I think he has three options that are available to him. So it's not like you can't send him down to the minors. He does have that 
available to him that you can move him down to the minors without having a DFA him or anything like that. You could send him down. I don't know that it makes a lot of sense. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't think that sending him down right now is the best thing to do for him. Now, we'll talk about more, more about this in just a second. But first, let me mention today, uh, sponsored by uh, Sports Card Investor App. Look, you all know that I'm in the sports card trade. I, I've done a lot, spent most of my life collecting cards and things like that. Don't have nearly as much as what I used to and things like that. But if you're trying to figure out, if you're like me, you're trying to figure out a way to value out what you have, what's worth selling, what's not worth selling. Do I have any hidden gems or any sort of thing like that? The easiest, best thing to do is to download the Sports Card Investor app today. 630,000 cards from all sports genres are available to you, and they're adding hundreds more each week. You can find out recent values of your favorite cards over the last seven days, 30 days. All the charts are available there. You can find out what the best prices and uh, the best deals going right now through eBay deals futures, uh, that the, uh, the eBay deals feature, excuse me, that's uh, available to you. So everything that you need is right in the palm of your hand at Sports Card Investor app. And look, it makes it simple. It makes it easy. It's free to download. You can keep track of what your inventory is. You can find the best deals on that particular card that you're looking for. Maybe you're looking for Ronald Acuna Jr. cards. You can look and see over the last 7, 30 days what the prices have been. You can find out what prices are going for on eBay right now. Or maybe you're like me. I have a pretty limited Ronald Acuna Jr. autograph card when he was in the minors for the Rome Braves. Hey, how much could that thing be worth? Find out on Sports Investor app, Sports Card Investor app. Download that today. It's available free in the Google Play or Apple app stores. Or go to sportsinvestor.com backslash locked on and check out their inventory of 630,000 cards. So I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense to send Ian Anderson. Look, at this point, Ian Anderson is a guy who's pitched a bunch in the majors and a bunch at the biggest stage in the world, right? He's been in multiple playoffs, been in a champion, multiple championship series, World Series, everything that you could throw at a pitcher. And yes, I understand that he is a young guy and maybe you could fine tune some things, 24 years old. But I think at this point, you have to work with him up here at this level and get some things tweaked and figure out. It's not injury related, I don't think. I mean, unless there's an injury that they're hiding about him, but it's not injury related. This is where you're supposed to pay your pitching coach, right? This is where your pitching coach is supposed to help get some things figured out. Now, if that means he needs to throw on the side, even if that means if he needs to skip a start to work with him, on some things. I'd be in favor of that. But I don't think sending him down to the minors where he goes down and he dominates down there just instantly changes it. If your pitching coach up here can't figure out what's going on, the hell you have a pitching coach up here for? What, to walk out and talk to a guy on the mound, you know, when there's, you know, three guys on and nobody out and say, hey, make a good pitch? I mean, you have to have a guy who can figure out what the issues are with your pitcher. So I don't think sending him down to me I need him to figure things out up here. He's been in every big moment. He's done everything you could ever ask of a starting pitcher, even only in a three-year career. And I don't want to get knee-jerked to, because again, we've been down this road with Braves pitchers before. Send him up, send him down, send him up. Send him. I used to joke on the radio all the time. It's the Partridge fan. They, they went and got a green version, right? A natural gas burning version of the Partridge family bus. 
and there would be guys running from Buford to Smyrna in back. And it was like the, the Partridge family. We're just going to keep shipping pitchers and players back and forth. Tukey's here. Elder's here. This guy's here. Wright's here. You know, this guy's here. Baba, Baba, Newcomb's here. Bob. And we just kept running guys back and forth. Get Ian Anderson figured out. If you haven't sent him down at this point, and we're well past the halfway point of the season, we're past the all-star break, okay, what are you going to send him down to, to make a couple few starts? Because what if he doesn't get things figured out down there? You need him for the playoffs. You're expecting him to be a playoff pitcher. You start looking at your rotation. You factor him in, obviously, given especially what he did last year into your rotation. So I think the better plan is you work with him up here and, and you work on some things on the side, right? Leo was a master of all of this. Let's work on some things on the side. Let's get some things figured out and get it done up here. At this point, I don't think that getting him down into Gwinnett and letting them put their hands on him, I don't, and, and, and even letting him go down there and just pitch to AAA guys, I don't think it's going to make a big difference. Because again, seeing that, I've been, been down that road. You get him back up here and you don't know if he's fixing it. Let Rick Kranitz work with him up here. Let him get things figured out up here at the major league level. And if you can, we're going to talk about what the Braves are looking at now with the trade deadline. If you can't get him figured out, then look, Strider's going to move a spot ahead of him in the playoffs. And you're going to have to, you know, maybe either roll the dice with him for a start if you've got a lead in a playoff series, or you end up not putting him in as a starter, maybe use him out of the bullpen. But I think fix him up here is more of the way to go for Ian Anderson right now. All right, when we come back, what do the Braves do now with the trade deadline? Because certainly some things have changed, as we say in the wrestling world. Plans change, pal. We'll talk about that next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Sport, uh, at Locked on Sports Atlanta. Back on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked on Sports Atlanta. Head to YouTube.com, put Locked on Sports Atlanta in the search browser. When you find our page, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Of course, we're free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Download us for free. Hit that uh, five-star review button if you would. And give me a follow on my personal Twitter page, at JMCH316. So as we're moving rapidly toward the trade deadline, which is coming up here, what, in just uh, over a week or so here, the uh, trade deadline you know there's an old saying in wrestling that says plans change pal we'll talk about that guy coming up in the next segment but things have changed in a short amount of time we got news yesterday that adam duvall is going to be out for the season with sur surgery on his wrist and he's done for the year and obviously he spent the first part of the year playing every day in center field so Another bat that you don't have that's available and certainly one of your better defensive outfielders. So you're now you're missing him. We just got done talking about the idea of Ian Anderson and him not being able to figure some things out. Okay, if he can't figure some things out, do you go get yourself a veteran at the trade deadline? And obviously the Braves always, you're always, I saw Kirby Yates doing some minor league rehab starts, right? And just throwing some, some balls and stuff like that. So maybe Yates is going to come back. You're always looking for back-end bullpen help, right? There's no such thing as having too many relievers, especially if you're a playoff team in Major League Baseball. So starter, reliever, outfielder. What are the Braves looking at as far as adding to this roster? Now, I said last week, and I still believe this, I'm not in the market for a starter. I think even with Ian Anderson's struggles and even some of Spencer Strider's struggles and the fact that you may have to watch him on an innings count and things like that. Personally, I still think you use your young guys. 
I still think you use your Bryce Elders and your Tucker Davisons and people like that. Still think you use those guys to fill in your gaps if you need. Because you want to keep finding out about some of those guys. With all due respect, the Braves farm system right now is definitely depleted. In the last couple of years, you've traded all of your top prospects. Drew Waters, Shea Langoliers, Christian Pache, right? You drafted a couple of kids that you drafted over the last year or two here. So you, you've started depleting your farm system. And Strider and Michael Harris from your 2020 draft are now on the Major League Club. So, again, there's not a huge depth and dearth of talent right now in the Braves minor league system. That's why trading for Soto and things like that is probably not realistic, but we're not talking about that right now. I don't think you need to go get another starter. I'm, I'm still going to stay with that. I'm going to figure out Ian Anderson. I'm going to figure out Strider. I'm going to get them right. And if I need to mix in Tucker Davidson, Bryce Elder, whatever, whatever, you, go, go find a guy, right? Whatever you have to do, find a guy in your minor league system and let them come up and, and make a start or two if you need to. Spot start them in throughout. But I've got to figure out, like I just got done saying, I got to figure out Ian Anderson Strider up here and get that done. Outfielder, that's an interesting proposition because, look, Ben Benintendi, a guy that some people thought the Braves might go after, he's gone already, right? So he's off the marketplace. Are you looking for a starting outfielder? Maybe. You know, look, I know the easiest names that people have thrown out there are Jorge Soler and Jock Peterson. Well, number one, the problem with Soler is if you have to play him out in the field. I don't want him playing left field every day. If my choices are Ozuna and Soler, that's definitely becoming a defensive liability at that point. So I need a guy who's competent in playing the outfield. Jock Peterson makes some sense. I, I, I always like the idea of having an extra lefty bat. And let's face it. When you're going to see the Mets, who are their two best pitchers, right? DeGrom and Scherzer. You'd like the idea of having another left-handed bat to take those guys on. Now, look, I understand. Historically, if you look at Peterson's numbers against Scherzer and DeGrom, they're not exactly eye-popping. But from a snitger, I like to play the matchup perspective. I'd just as soon have Jock Peterson hit against those right-handers as I would watch Duvall flail away against DeGrom and Matt Scherzer. So, at least Jock would be a viable option playing in the outfield, playing, you know, left field, giving you another left-handed bat to compliment Rosario. Because obviously with him and RC and some other guys that you have available on the roster, the other thing too is, by the way, that Snitker updated yesterday that there has been no update on Ozzy Albies. And I know they went and picked up Cano, but, you know, how well and, and how great is Cano you know, Ben. Now, you know, Arcia was a guy who early in the year was tremendous filling in at second base for for the Braves. But, you know, Cano's hitting 222. He's got no homers and he's got exactly one extra base hit. He's four for 18 at this point. So he's not lighting the world on fire by any stretch of imagination. And Arcia is down to 245. Do you have to maybe go find yourself a second baseman if Ozzy's going to be out for an extended period of time and get back to using Arcia really more as just a bench guy. I think the idea of finding a competent left fielder at this point and bullpen help, you can always find bullpen help. So I'm, I think the Braves are going to go find bullpen help. But right now, I prioritize outfield over starting pitching. And I'll be honest with you, I probably prioritize second base if, if we're not going to get 
Ozzie Albies back anytime soon over even another starter. I think the Braves can figure out their starters with the guys that they have. And if you mix in a young guy or two, right? If you go out there and again, I mean, I've just given you a few names, mix in a young guy or two to spot start here or there. Because to be honest with you, the first three are figured out. I've got Freed, I've got Kyle Wright, I got Charlie Morton. Got those guys figured out. So worst cases, I know I've got my top three locked, loaded, and ready to go. That's a pretty good position to be in. You're not looking for an ace. You're not looking for a second start. You got your top three. We're talking about trying to figure out your fourth and fifth starters, okay? Rather than going out and making a bunch of moves to try to find a guy to bring in to be a fourth or fifth starter, I'd rather work with my guys that I have and even bring up, again, if I need an elder or a Davidson for a, a start or two here or there, bring those guys up and let them do their thing up here. And those guys have pitched at the big league level. Not always effectively, but they've pitched at the big league level out there. This is where your pitching coach is supposed to figure some things out, right? Like your pitching coach is supposed to get some of these guys on track. I keep going back to that, but that was the point of having a pitching coach. Is that they're throwing footballs in the outfield with the guys or, or what? So anyway, I think, I think an everyday left fielder like a Jock Peterson, they can find a way to bring him back. And remember, you're talking about a Jock Peterson who's going to be a free agent, so he's not here long term. He's a free agent at the end of the year, so you're going to pick up part of that salary. The Braves are already paying Jock Peterson, by the way, if you don't know. If you if you look at the, the Giants have a certain amount of his salary, and the Braves have another piece of his salary. So Braves have some money already invested in Jock Peterson. If it's not Jock Peterson, the idea would be to find a guy who you could play on a consistent basis in left field, not a mishmash rotation of if it was Solera, Rosario, uh, Ozuna, or what have you. Go find a legitimate guy that defensively doesn't kill you and can play every day out in the outfield. And I like the idea of having a left-handed bat with that. That's why I kind of keep going back to Jock Peterson. I like the idea of having a left-handed bat to be able to plug into that lineup when I start to see all those right-handers within my division, right? The, the Aaron Nolas and Alcantara's and, and DeGrom and Scherzer and things like that. I'd much rather have that left-handed bat matchup to go against all the right-handed starters within my division. So I think outfield first, second base second, uh, bullpen I'm just going to throw in there because, look, you can't have enough bullpen guy. Even if you have the best bullpen in baseball, you go get another bullpen arm, right? That's easy to do. You go find some guy that a team done one, give a couple prospects and, and bring a guy in, right? That's easy enough. But I'll take outfield and second base even before I get into finding my next starter through all of this. All right, when we come back, um, something that I never thought that I would see in my lifetime. We will talk about that next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked on Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked on Sports Atlanta. YouTube.com is the place to go. Put Locked on Sports Atlanta in your search browser. Find the page. Hit subscribe. Leave us a comment. Of course, we're free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Download us and leave us a five-star review. And, of course, follow me on my personal Twitter page at jmch three. One six, Y'all know I wear my wrestling t-shirts every day. We got word on Friday afternoon, and I said this the other night. Something happened on Friday that I never thought I would say in my lifetime, and that is Vince McMahon is not running the WWE. Now, look, I've spent my entire life. I'm 50, okay? I've spent my entire life watching wrestling. I was first watching Vince as a commentator on WWF when 
his dad was running the promotion. And right before it was switching hands between the old man, Vince Sr., taking uh, having the promotion and Vince Jr. buying out Vince Sr., Gorilla Monsoon, and all the partners that were part of that organization and then turning it into the Hulk Hogan era. Uh, you know, I, I've always joked that, you know, my first champion was Bob Backlund. That's how old I am. One of my first favorite matches of all time is Don Morocco and Jimmy Snuka in the cage in Madison Square Garden where Snuka went up on top of the cage and jumped off and Snuka splashed him, right? It's one of my, you know, those are my early memories of wrestling. And by the way, that was Pat Patterson broadcasting with Vince during those days. So I go to the very beginning, early years of my life as far as watching WWF and Vince McMahon and everything along with it. Now, what is Vince McMahon's legacy? Is his legacy in the wrestling business or is it in the television business? Because I will tell you, number one in the wrestling business, there's a lot of great that Vince McMahon did. Nobody brought a global brand of wrestling the way that Vince McMahon did. To do that, though, he ran off all of his competition. He buried all of his competition, the territory system, the regional idea of what wrestling you know, was as a promotion. By making it national, those guys could not keep up. And he brought Hulk Hogan in. And look, by the way, if you don't know, Hulk Hogan was Hulk Hogan before he got to the WWF and all that. Hulk Hogan was Hulk Hogan up in the AWA with Vern Gagne. So Vince, if you want to say stole, okay, I understand that. But Vince poached talent and personalities from all over the country, brought it in and made wrestling a global brand. And you can't argue with his success. He's a billion dollar. He's a billionaire himself, multiple billion dollar company, publicly traded company. What his vision of wrestling was changed the world, right? Now it came at a big cost. You knocked out everybody else until AEW come along and look, it took another billionaire, a guy with a lot of money to come in and start another wrestling promotion. But by and large, he knocked out all of his competition, which is one of the things that made wrestling great was the territory system that you had a lot of different flavors and styles of wrestling. I have nothing bad to say about Vince McMahon. I think he's one of the most important people in the history of not just wrestling, but in television as well. Think about WWE Raw, how that has been on for what? Going on close to 30 years that that WWE, uh, that WWE Raw has been on TV. He's changed up wrestling on the television side of it. Now, doesn't mean it's been a great product. Doesn't mean it's always been really, really good. But Vince, is com Vince completely changed watching wrestling on TV. And in those Attitude Era years in 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, it was must-watch TV, right? Along with WCW Nitro. And again, that's when wrestling at in my lifetime was really at its best is when you had competition with Crockett and WCW in the 80s, and you had the competition with WCW in the late 90s. So his legacy in television is just as big to me as it is in wrestling. Talk more about this in just a second, but... First, let me talk to you about my folks over at coffeeam.com. Guess what I'm drinking over here right now? I've got my coffee AM cup of coffee. I'm starting in on the organic roast. Yes, I have to. Uh, I've already plowed through one of the bags that they uh, sent me. Again, coffeeam.com is the place to go to find all of your coffees, teas, gift sets. You like organic coffees. You like dark roast. You like lighter roast. You like flavored coffees. I even love the smell. Let my daughter smell. She loves those flavored coffee smells. CoffeeAM.com is the place to go. Best part is they are local here to Georgia. They're up in Canton. Online coffee company, the best small batch roaster of coffee in America. 
located right here in Georgia. So right now we've got a deal going on for our Locked On Sports Atlanta listeners. Head to coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Go there today. Check out the full range of coffees, teas, gift sets. Look at their full menu of products that are available to you. When you put together that first order and you get to the checkout, use that coupon code locked on, L O C K E D O N, locked on at checkout. You'll get 15% off your first order of coffees, teas, gift sets, whatever it is that you buy. 15% off your first order simply by using the coupon code locked on, L O C K E D O N. At checkout, coffeeam.com, the best smell batch coffee roaster in America. So, look, I, I don't have anything bad to say about Vince, and I understand the stories. And, you know, look, I, I, I do think that there is – here's what I know. Vince ain't headed down to Florida now to go hang out with Linda, his, his wife, quote-unquote, right? That, that ain't happening. It's a different Vince McMahon now than it was maybe in the 80s when he was legitimately a married man with younger children and this, that, and the other. Now his kids are grown. Now his daughter runs the company, right? Linda's down in Florida doing her thing. He's up in Connecticut doing his thing. You know, stupid secretaries and paralegals and this, that, and the other, and then paying him hush money to keep him quiet. I don't approve of what Vince McMahon did, but... I'll be honest with you, I never thought that this day would happen. I never thought that the day that Vince McMahon isn't running the WWE would ever happen. He still owns about 40% of the stock. He still has about 80% of the voting share in the company because his Class A shares are, from a voting perspective, worth a lot. And by the way, too, if you don't know, do you know the Atlanta Hawks president and CEO, Steve Coonan, is on the board of directors at the WWE? But that's a little factoid a lot of you didn't know out there that Steve Coonan is on the WWE's board. So ask him about uh, all of that. But anyway, look, I have nothing but thank yous to say to Vince McMahon. Will wrestling be the same? Maybe. Maybe it'll be better. You know, it was announced earlier today that Triple H is going to take over creative. He was announced as the EVP of Talent Relations last week. Hopefully Triple H and his influence, because he's come up through that system. He was always a WWE fan. He was obviously there for... The, the second round of glory days after the Hogan era where wrestling blew up in WrestleMania three, which is one of the most important events of all time in wrestling. Triple H was there for the whole attitude era. And he's also been there for, you know, getting punished with the curtain call. He took it on the chin with Vince, you know, in 96 when the curtain call came along. And again, you can read about the curtain call online and what it was, but that was an embarrassment to the WWE and, the wrestling business at the time, and he paid a price for it. So he knows the good, the bad, the ugly of everything involved with wrestling. But he's a guy who came up through the business. He's a guy that's been around forever and a day. Hopefully the, the actual on television, on camera product will be much better. But I say thank you to Vince McMahon for all of the entertainment and the joy and the happiness and the laughs and the fun and everything. It still influences me today, right? Again, you guys see me with these wrestling shirts every single day if you watch the show on YouTube, right? If you watch the show, you see me with, with a different one every day, NWO, Austin 316, what have you. You know, that there was there was a time when we talk about all these shows, the Breaking Bads and, and I don't know, whatever, The Wire and, and uh, what's the Sopranos and all these must-watch shows. Can I tell you, in 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, 
for most males, 18 to 54, the ultimate demo for most males. What was must watch TV was WWF Raw, Raw's War, and WCW Nitro. That was must watch TV. Before The Sopranos, before The Wire, before Breaking Bad, anything like that. What was must watch TV was Monday night, flipping between Nitro and Raw, and all the great memories that came along with it. From Hogan to Savage to Rock to Austin, all of the great memories that are there because Vince McMahon was a visionary. There's a lot of negatives about Vince McMahon and his business practices and what he did, holding back WCW from being on pay-per-view and, and holding the pay-per-view companies hostage. Look, the way he acquired the WW, the WWF from his dad is also a shady dealing. That he took the company profits to pay for it. He basically paid his dad, but he stiffed some of the other people. Again, they're, they're, he's a businessman. He's a billionaire businessman. But again, <laughs> what Vince did was change the world from an entertainment perspective. We may have lost some wrestling for it, but from an entertainment perspective, there's no doubt that some of the best memories of all time come through WWF television. All right, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Chuckery your first listen every day. Make A to Z with Mark Zinno your second listen every day. Mark's back talking all things Atlanta sports, opinions you may not like, but you know you've got to hear. Free and available on our YouTube page, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Also free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review. Leave us a comment on YouTube. Follow me on my Twitter page at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. It's been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.